Hi, welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Tom Solopet from Cross Asset Strategy. I'm joined by my colleague, Mike Ferroli, Chief U.S. Economist. Uh, Mike, we just heard from Powell at the latest FOMC meeting. Just wanted to hear your, your takeaways from the FOMC. On, on my side, you know, the market signals are a little bit scary with the, with the market turning down around a percent off the high and uh, yield curve flattening. So kind of both ominous signals for the economy. What, what were your takeaways from, from, the, from the Powell speech? Um, I thought what was probably most notable in, uh, in today's FOMC meeting and the one that probably motivated the market move uh, that you described um, was the upward revision in the median, uh, well, in the dots for 24 and 25. So the interest rate forecast, the median for next year and the year beyond uh, moved up about 50 basis points. And that in turn seemed to be motivated by pretty big upward revision. Uh, in their growth outlook, and perhaps maybe even more notable was a downward revision in how much unemployment they're projecting uh, for next year and 2025. 20, uh, so in some sense, you know, the, the, it seems like the committee really bit into the uh, soft landing story, um, kind of hook, line, and sinker, but that in turn motivates a, a higher path to the funds rate for longer. So that's obviously seemed to be the, the big headline. I guess what I then took away from Powell's press conference was he didn't seem quite as hawkish as, let's say, the FOMC. So for a few reasons, one is he got asked about the dots. He down, he seemed to me at least to downplay them, and you know, mention that these are just forecasts. Forecasts are very uncertain, uh, and he also really stressed uh, proceeding carefully. He mentioned that uh, a bunch of times, you know, and also mentioned that. Um, you know, policy was, you know, it's quite restricted as it already is now. So, uh, so I think somewhat conflicting signals coming away from two when you got the dots and 2.30 when you started the press conference. Uh, but I do think, you know, it's natural that the headline is going to be uh, that this was a hawkish meeting relative to outcomes, uh, to expectations. What has this done to your own forecast? Have you made any, are you making any revisions? And, and also maybe you could talk about the timing of your recession call. Uh, we didn't make any uh, revisions on the back of this. Um, uh, we still believe that we've reached peak funds and that um, uh, policy is going to be on hold until about the third quarter of, uh, of next year. Now, in terms of uh, our growth expectations, those are also unchanged. We no longer expect a recession, but we think a recession is still, you know, the risks are still very elevated going into next year. And that uh, if we don't have a recession, our baseline scenario is a period of, you know, significantly below trend growth for next year. So one of the um, striking developments, I thought, was just how, uh, how much more optimistic the committee is about growth next year relative to certainly relative to our expectations. And I think you only have, have something like um, three participants expecting growth of less than 1% next year, whereas, you know, we think growth will be about 0.7. One last question for you, Mike, which is, you know, this has come up time and time again in, in recent client meetings is in the event of a government shutdown, you have a data blackout, do you think the Fed is going to stick to the current uh, game plan? I mean, I think all else equal that a data blackout that you mentioned will make the Fed more cautious. Uh, in terms of hiking. So it's not going to be a complete blackout. We will get, you know, Fed surveys, we'll get private sector uh, surveys, but the real important data points, which is employment, CPI, you know, to a lesser extent, retail sales, PCE, you know, those really important data points aren't going to, 
to come through until the shutdown is resolved. And so for that reason, I would think that, you know, sort of the Brainerd uncertainty principle will apply here and that uh, with a cloudier picture on what's actually going on, that will make them more reluctant to hike in November. So I think it's reasonable to kind of like push things out to December. I mean, hopefully the government shutdown, if there is one, uh, is resolved by then. But then I think you're starting to deal with some different issues about uh, drags from, you know, student debt and things of other uh, of other nature. Part of the reason why we feel kind of comfortable here that um, that we've reached the peak in the, the rate hike cycle. And actually, one more question for you, Mike. You know, uh, up till now, looking back at the past decades, you know, something like a three-month versus ten-year, two versus ten-year uh, uh, yield curve signals, yield curve steepness signal has been a kind of foolproof uh, signal in terms of predicting recessions. Uh, and recently, the, the the person who I believe is the inventor of this signal, or or who identified it, Campbell Harvey, I believe. Uh, mentioned that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't think it's going to work this time. And it sounds like based on your projections, you're also kind of downplaying it. So why, why do you think it will or won't work this time? We should uh, acknowledge that the future is, is unwritten. And if we have a recession in the first half of next year, let's say, which is certainly a possibility, then we'll say, yeah, yeah it worked again. And, you know, once again, we, we all thought this time was different and it isn't. So we have to leave that out uh, as a possibility. Now, if it turns out that um, a year or two years from now, we aren't in a recession. We will say all the, the, we would say the signal didn't work. And I think one reason may be that what you are partly seeing in there is an expectation for a relatively um, painless disinflation. So the amount of disinflation that you have in the uh, inflation uh, break-evens, which features in, of course, which factors into the, the nominal yield curve, um, is enough that it should motivate enough Fed easing even without a period of uh, weak growth. So, so if it doesn't work, I think we would say that it would be because a sort of immaculate disinflation was expected, and that was actually what was delivered. And you know, right now it seems like you know the prospects for an immaculate disinflation aren't uh, aren't zero. So I think that's something we have to keep in mind too. The thing that I've heard from folks on the other side of the story is that if the if the Fed stops hiking before the yield curve inverts, it's easier to produce a soft landing. Whereas on our side, you know, currently we're well past that. So uh, so the folks on the other side will say, uh, based on what's what's happened, recession is all the more likely. But again, we'll, we'll wait and see on that one. But uh, thanks Mike for joining us and thank you all for tuning in to JP Morgan TV.